You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I am Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Welcome back, my friends. We are continuing along with our Origins series as I'm sharing where I came from, how I got to be where I am today, and how our homestead started. Now, as I alluded to at the end of the last episode, the piece of my story that we're diving into today is actually a portion that makes some people a little grouchy, tends to annoy some people. And as I was mapping out this season and thinking about what I wanted to cover in each episode, I got to this point and I'm like, ooh, you know, people get annoyed, people make nasty comments about this, so is this something I should just kind of like skim over or downplay a little bit, not really touch on? And, you know, I thought, you know what? No. I have learned over the years that I don't downplay pieces of me, and this is a part of where I came from and the journey I went through to become who I am today, and I would not be who I am without this piece of the story. So I'm including it, and we're diving in, and I know that you're going to get some good takeaways from this. So you'll see as we progress why this can be a touchy subject, but here we go. So it was 2012 or so, and my blog was trucking along, our homestead was doing good, we were just continuing along this same arc that we had been on. And I was pregnant with our second child, also once again, sicker than a dog. Christian was still working outside of the home at that point. I'm trying to remember. I believe at that point he was teaching wind energy at a local community college. I'm trying to remember. I'd have to go back and look at the exact date. So what Christian had been doing along this time when I had been, you know, becoming a stay-at-home mom and building my blog He started off when we met, he was a journeyman electrician, and he wired commercial buildings. Then he went to a wind farm where they were building like those giant wind turbines in our area because Wyoming is literally one of the windiest places in the U.S. So he got to help build those, which he thought was super cool. And then he went from that job to this local college where they were starting a wind energy program. And because of his experience in the wind farm, it made a lot of sense for him to go over there. So he was, um, I believe, at the college at this point in time. And I was feeling pretty, I guess, accomplished maybe would be the right word. I had learned how to cook a lot better. I was figuring out gardening. Not an expert by any means, but I was getting better. And I had started milking a cow that we got in 2011 and making cheese. And I was really starting to become comfortable with the food thing. I'd gone from the ramen noodle spam girl to, you know, I was making bread and I was doing cheeses and things were rolling right along. But there was still one aspect of our life that felt a little bit fuzzy. 
I, mean, I had ideas and answers for a lot of the food stuff. But when it came to our health care, I was still feeling very much in that standard American kind of rut. You know, like if I got a cold, I didn't really know anything about herbs or natural remedies. And I'd end up going to the doctor, getting the antibiotics, just like I'd done my whole childhood. And while there is a time and place for that sometimes, I couldn't help but kick the feeling that there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a way where I can, you know, the same journey I went on with my food of better understanding and more of this holistic model. I'm like, surely I can do that with our health in some way, shape, or form. So I was kind of just searching. And at that point in time, I started to hear some little faint whisperings about something called essential oils on these blogs that I was reading at the time. And no one was really selling them, but every once in a while I would hear someone say, oh, well, you could use lavender essential oil in this, and so on. And I was moderately, mildly interested, but that was about it. And then I had a local friend who brought them up, and she's like, hey, I got some of these essential oils, and I got, I'd like you to try them. Now, at that point, I was in the early parts of my pregnancy with Bridger, our second born. And like I explained in a previous episode, morning sickness and I were BFFs. Like I got so sick. And during that first trimester, I couldn't like, I couldn't even barely get off the couch. So the thought of going to her house and smelling essential oils was a fate worse than death. And I was like, uh, thanks, but no thanks. And I kept kind of pushing her off because I just couldn't cope with my life, let alone add in a bunch of other ideas about remedies and, and such. So once I got through that first trimester, I decided, you know, maybe this is something that would help us. And she had told me how the essential oils were helping her and her family. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe we could go check it out. Now, pause the story for a minute. Some of you might be figuring out why this part of the story makes people's feathers get a little ruffled because essential oils now... And the idea of essential oils being connected to usually network marketing makes people grouchy sometimes. And I have found that sometimes when I share, you know, that I was involved in a network marketing company, people are like, ah, don't talk about it. Talk about something else. And I'm like, I can respect that a lot of people have had um, maybe not awesome experiences with different people who've promoted different products over the years. And I that's cool. And I understand that. But here's the deal, folks. Like, this is the story. This is the part of the story. So I'm going to share that with you today. And it's this is not a pitch whatsoever, but this is the act, actual events that took place. So just so you know, there's my little caveat, but I promise this this will be fine. <laughs> you will survive this episode. So, okay, here we go. Um, now we're back in this story. I had to just do a little side uh, sidebar there. So I went over to her house. I tried some oil. She sent me some samples, brought them home. I was super skeptical. I'm kind of naturally skeptical, and I also, it takes a lot of effort to get me to pay attention to something new. Now, once I get into something, I'm all in. That's my obsessive personality, but to get me thinking about or focused on a new topic is is actually pretty tough. So it took me a while to even really open up the sample bottles and remember to use them. And once I did, it was a respiratory blend that we tried first. Christian has always had some respiratory stuff going on, and we put some of this oil on him, and lo and behold, he felt better. He felt different. 
in a few minutes later after the application. And I could start to feel my lungs open up as well. And I'll never forget that moment. I'm like, there's there's something to this. And I started to get just a little more interested and a little more attentive to what these oils could do. So long story short, this friend was a part of a network marketing company called doTERRA. I'm sure most of you have heard of it. And if many of you probably have doTERRA in your homes. And so I got a kit and I started to use the oils and I had zero intention of sharing the oils with anyone else. It was just purely selfish reasons I wanted this kit just for my own family. And I started to get really excited at this idea of, hey, this could work really well for us with our whole food mentality and we're trying to be healthier and get toxins out of our house. Plus, we're doing the homestead thing and I'm not going to the store as much. And it seemed like oils were a really, really great fit. So when I got into them, I was never, ever going to share them or sell them. Um, And in fact, I'd been to many, many different parties, you know, different network marketing parties over the years. And while I always would buy the products to support friends and such, I was like, yeah, I would see the woman, you know, promoting or sharing. I'm like, I just don't think that's my thing. I just don't have a desire. So I probably would like never actually do that myself. That's what I would tell myself. Well, lo and behold, as I started to use the oils, I couldn't help but talk about them. And naturally, since I didn't have a lot of local friends at the time, and I was out in the middle of nowhere, I had this blog, and I started to talk about the oils on the blog. Now, in 2020, the time we are in right now, oils are everywhere. And every, I mean, I don't even know a soul who doesn't know what an essential oil is, or it doesn't have an essential oil, or hasn't heard about it on Facebook. But back then, the internet was a different place. And so the first blog post I put up that mentioned essential oils, people are like, what is that? I don't know what that is. And I had to educate and explain. And the craziest thing happened. I put up this post with a recipe on, I think it was like a body care product and it included some essential oils. And then I got an email and someone was like, how do I, how do I get my own oils? And I'm like, holy cow, I don't know. I have to, I have to figure that out. So it was, I was scrambling and like, I'm telling you all this so you know that I came into this once again, just like I did with blogging and homesteading. I came into it very much kind of like bumbling and not knowing what I was doing. And long story short, I finally figured out how to help someone get their own oils, which is kind of like 101 of network marketing, but it took me a while to figure that out. And then people started to sign up and get their own oils through my blog. And I never really did the whole friends and family thing very much. I didn't really go to my friends and family and talk about it because I didn't need to because I just had people coming to me on my blog because this was a very new and novel concept because this wasn't being talked about very much online. So as I started to continue to talk about this on my blog, I noticed that I was getting notifications from doTERRA that I was hitting ranks, right? Because that's how network marketing companies work. You have marks and goals and uh, different levels of achievement that you try to reach. And I started to rise in the ranks. And, you know, in my whole life, people had said, well, network marketing is stupid because no one actually ever makes those ranks and no one actually ever achieves anything. It's all just kind of a big smoke screen. And I'm like, well, this is crazy because here I am and I'm starting to uh, hit these goals. And that was notable to me in my own development as a person and as an entrepreneur, because that was one of the first times in my life 
that I experienced what it was like to set a goal and then subsequently achieve that goal. And it's not that I wasn't driven or motivated before, but for various reasons in the past, when I had had something important to me and I had tried to achieve a goal, it was just tough. Like I remember when I was in 4-H, I had lots of goals um, with my horse. And just because of the type of horse I had, we were really limited on budget and the type of equipment I had and the type of resources I had available to me. I never could quite hit my goals in competition with my horse. And there was a lot of other places where I was always just falling short, usually because of circumstances often outside of my control. So this was the first time that I could put my mind to something. And then all of a sudden, with that consistent work, I really started to see quantifiable results. And that was a really big deal to me. And I started to realize what I was maybe capable of. I just started to get little glimmers of that. And it was a brand new feeling. And it was something I never experienced before. And for the shy, awkward homeschool girl, it was notable. And that's why this is such an important part of my story. And this, this is not the only reason, but that's this is part of that is because network marketing, as much as people badmouth it or, you know, get annoyed with it or whatever, it was really powerful for me and extremely positive in this instance because it gave me something that I could actually achieve. So that was exciting. And I'll never forget what that felt like. I also realized, this is another reason that network marketing can be a good thing, is for the first time in my life, I had exposure to personal development stuff. Um, and I did a little bit of that. Like I told you, I read The Slight Edge and a few things, but not very much. And no one around me was talking about personal development things. And network marketing is often very proactive in that area. And so I was exposed to that. And I started to realize that I had a lot of these limiting beliefs. Now, prior to that, I know we've talked about them in previous episodes they existed in me, but I didn't know what they were. I didn't even know limiting beliefs were a thing. It was a completely foreign concept. And so I started to very slowly unpack these beliefs. And it was a process. It was not overnight. And just as a refresher, for those of you who are new to this idea of limiting beliefs, like I once was, it's simply a belief that stops you from living the life you're capable of living. So let me say that one more time. A limiting belief causes you to live less of a life than you're capable of living. Living, And they can come in all sorts of shapes and in disguises. And by definition, you know, they're, they're tough to identify in ourselves sometimes because if we knew they were there, obviously we'd usually get them out. And so they kind of hide and it's easy to use them as coping mechanisms or safety mechanisms in our own life to feel like it's keeping us safe or it's keeping us secure. So I started to recognize some of these beliefs and some of the beliefs that had been ingrained in me since childhood started to come to the surface. And I'm like, ooh, wow, that's not, that's not great. Um, but that was good. It was what needed to happen in order to take me to that next level of where I needed to be. So some of the beliefs that came up for me, and I bet some of you can relate to these, the big one was people like me don't do big things. And that was really, really pervasive. And it would just, I wouldn't necessarily 
speak it out loud, but it was just in my subconscious. And it would kind of cause me sometimes to pull back, right? Oh, I want to do that. Or maybe I can go for that next achievement level, but oh, but maybe not because people like me, we don't really do stuff like this. Um, Another big one was I constantly had this feeling that it's probably better to just play small, kind of stay off the radar. I think a lot of that belief came from the church I was raised in. Honestly, uh, there was a lot of this subconscious belief that especially women, it was more desirable for them to be seen and not heard and don't be too loud and don't make waves and don't make a splash. And I don't think anyone ever verbally told me that, but it was definitely encouraged kind of under the surface. And so I started to realize that that was something I really clung to. Just keep your head down and play it safe. And I kind of was like, what do I do with this? Like, I found this belief and now I got to figure out where, where to go with it. Now, this was a process over years and there's beliefs I'm still working on pulling out. Um, but one of the things that during this period was a big shakeup for me, believe it or not. And some of you might laugh when you hear this. I actually won a trip to Mexico. A lot of times these companies will have different trips you can win. And I did did well. And I was able to win a trip for two to Mexico, which to many of you listening would be like, hey, no big deal. Awesome. Cool. Like, let's celebrate. Well, for me, I was excited on one hand because the idea of Christian and I going to Mexico sounded pretty cool. But I was also scared out of my mind because I'd never been out of the country. Growing up, we would take vacations to relatives in southern Idaho, and then we'd drive back up to northern Idaho, and then the next year we'd go back to southern Idaho, and we never actually went out of the country. I hadn't been hardly anywhere. So the idea of going international, <laughs> if you will, really shook me up. I was like, ah, you know, maybe we should just say thanks for the prize, but but no thanks. And I could think of all sorts of excuses why I shouldn't go. You know, I had kids and um, we had the homestead and I probably should just say no thank you. Um, for some reason though, Chris, well, it was actually not some reason, Christian, who's always been a little braver than I was, he's like, let's go. We're going to do it. Like, who says no to a free trip to Mexico? So we set out to go and we made arrangements for our homestead and we had our kids go up to my mom's house. Um, and it was all these logistics and I had to go buy clothes for the beach. I'd never even been to a tropical beach. I didn't even, I didn't like, what do you wear? Like, I got to go get some swimsuits. Um, I got to go get some cute pool cover-ups. I had to like really stretch myself. Like I'm telling you guys this because I want you to know how much of a small thinker I was at that point. Because I I hope this makes you guys feel better <laughs> because this is a super small thinker. So I got all these clothes. Um, my mom, bless her heart. I know she listens to this. Hi, mom. My mom um, has has some of her own beliefs about traveling out of the country. And so she was very concerned that we would be kidnapped by the cartel when we went to Mexico. And subsequently, I became very scared. So here I was packing for this trip thinking, you know, odds are 50-50, we will have a run-in with the cartel while we're there and they will kidnap us. Um, spoiler alert, when you go to a very touristy resort in Cancun, like generally, there's not a lot of cartel problems, <laughs> just so you know. So funny. When I got there, I uh, realized pretty quickly that that was an unfounded concern. But I was 
so entrenched in fears and my comfort zone and my beliefs at that point that I was, it felt very, very real. Anyway, long story short, we got to Mexico. I realized we weren't going to get kidnapped. I started to relax into the trip and we met some other people in the company in doTERRA who were really cool. They were very successful. They'd done very well in this company. And we got to hang out with them and talk to them. And I'd never been around someone like them before. I'd never been around people who were that big of thinkers and who, when they went set out to do something, they did it. They did it. And they'd achieved some awesome things. I'd never quite been around that in close contact. And it was so impactful for me. And we went to supper with a couple friends that we are new friends one night. And it just gave me a perspective that I'd never had before. And I remember, I'll never forget this. It was the end of the week. Christian and I were sitting in the lobby of the resort waiting to be picked up and taken to the airport so we could fly home to the babies and to the homestead. And I knew something in me had changed and it was never going to go back to what it was before. It was like an entire layer of conditioning and limiting beliefs had been removed. And Christian and I sat there and were just in awe and we started to map out our goals. Um, And we started to say, you know, these people that we met and hung out with are normal people. They were not the flashy, uh, you know, big gold watches and fancy car type of successful people. They were very down to earth and very normal, yet they had done what they set their mind to do. And we said, why can't we be like that? Like, what if that could be us? And I think the question, what if, is such a powerful thing to ask yourself. And, you know, sometimes we hear people talk about, you know, avoid the what ifs, because sometimes it's used in a negative light. You can use that when you're on a worry streak, you know, like you're laying in bed and you're like, what if my house catches on fire? What if I get fired from my job? Or what if my car gets, uh, car breaks down? We can often use that question in uh, not productive ways. But when we flip it and we ask ourselves, what if... I didn't have to stay in this job I hate. What if I could get this thing or go after this thing that I've always wanted to do? What if I actually could move to a homestead someday? When we start asking ourselves, what if in that light, it can really shift things. And that's what we started to do. And that was a pivotal moment in my life in the growth of our homestead and our businesses and our family and our future was that moment in that lobby of the resort on a network marketing trip. Believe it or not, that was a big one for Joe Winger. (laughs) And so in the next episode, I'm going to tell you what happened after Christian and I had had our revelation and our crazy what if conversation. So it, it should be good. Be sure to come back for that one. All right. So a takeaway for you. In today's episode, I want you to ask yourself, and I think we talked about this again in episode one, so this is a little bit of a repeat, but this is really important. I'm going to ask you to think about what beliefs are holding you back from what you want to do. And remember, a limiting belief, a belief that you've been carrying around that could be holding you back, they don't just waltz around and present themselves, you know, hey, I'm a limiting belief. You should stop believing me. That's not how they work. Sometimes they're really deeply buried in us. And oftentimes, 
we've taken on these limiting beliefs for reasons to protect ourselves. Or sometimes we've been given limiting beliefs by the people we were raised around or our families or different organizations we were a part of as children. Not in a malicious sense, but they were bestowed upon us, sometimes intentionally or unintentionally, in a way to protect ourselves. You know, for a lot of folks, including me, we had limiting beliefs around money. And oftentimes we didn't get those from family members who were trying to hurt us, but we were given uh, those beliefs that money was scarce or there's never enough money or things like that in an effort to protect us. But then there comes a point when those beliefs don't serve us anymore and it's time to let them go. So that's my question for you. Ruminate on that. I'd love to hear what you come up with and what comes to mind as you dig a little deeper in your own belief system. So feel free to shoot those over to me on Instagram or on email. I'd love to hear what you find. So thanks for listening, friends. Thank you for listening to this part of my story, which I know sometimes people get a little weird about whenever we talk about network marketing. And I'm not ashamed of it. I just want to say that for any of you listening who maybe are a part of network marketing is absolutely not something I'm embarrassed of at all. I'm actually quite proud of that portion of my life. It's a very important portion um, because, like I said, I couldn't be who I am today without this step. As And that's true for a lot of things that we go through, good and bad. They're a part of helping us become who we're meant to be. So excited to dive into the next episode. If you want to stay in touch with me in between podcast episodes, you can follow me over on Instagram at The Prairie Homestead or on email. If you're ditching social media like a lot of folks are right now, you can find me on my email newsletter list over at theprairiehomestead.com slash grow, G-R-O-W. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.